0: Each of us should be a bold and powerful witness. Each one of us, if we're a believer in Jesus Christ, we should each one be bold and powerful. As we've been going through the book of Acts. And we've been seeing how the church was birthed and how it was growing. We've pointed out some of the similarities that were happening along there. But one of the things that we haven't seen here is that strong opposition that that first church experienced. And it started out with threats, became imprisonment, became beatings. And then we're working up to where we see the first martyr, the first person who actually dies for Jesus Christ. And we're looking at the church as it grew and developed. And it very quickly went from these 12 leaders, just 11, when Jesus gave his great commission in the end of Matthew, to about 120. We don't know exactly how many were there at the day of Pentecost. To where it grew 25 times in one day. I mean, it's, there are 120 in the morning, and at night, there are 3,120 members. I mean, it, just, it continued to just grow and grow and grow. And God brought them into this special unity, but pretty soon conflict came. Conflict will always come, and that's just by our own human nature. It's always going to (laughs) happen. We have conflict within ourselves. So, I mean, how could we not have conflict with one another? And so the apostles had called the church together. And they said, we're over here, we're ministering the word of God. It's our job to do this. We don't have time. Our job's not to take care of the widows. You choose, they told the church, you choose seven men to take care of this. And they picked, the church said, we want these seven. And so they put out the seven men in front of the apostles. The apostles prayed for them. And that was the forerunner of the, what we would see develop into the, the role of deacon. Because it's the word deacon comes from the Greek for service. They were servants. And we see in that context, one of these seven men, just a church member, one of these seven men, how he was that bold and powerful witness. So let's read together in Acts chapter 6. I'm going to begin in reading in verse 8 and through the end of the chapter, verse 15. Acts chapter 6, beginning in verse 8. And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the free men, as it was called, and of the Cy- Cyrenians and Alexandrians, and those, <clears throat> those from Sicily, Sicilian, Cilicia. Cilicia, excuse me, I actually practiced this. Asia rose up and disputed with Stephen, but they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. Then they secretly instigated men who said, "We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God." And gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. Heavenly Fathers, we've read together your word. Just speak to each and every heart here. Let us learn from the example of Stephen. To stand up and to be bold through your power. The Lord, give each one of us the wisdom... And that grace to be able to share with the world who you are. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Earlier in the book of Acts, we had read about how the apostles were doing so many miracles. I mean, there were so many signs and wonders. And the people were just standing around in awe. It's like, whoa, what is going on? There was something new happening in the world that they had never seen before. So we see it through the apostles. But then here's a church member. He's just a church member. But he was a man of God in the church. He was somebody that everyone respected. He was the guy that took food to little old ladies. He's like, Oh, how are you doing, Aunt Irene? Here, we brought you your basket today. He's that guy. He's not one of the 12. But he is a faithful follower that was filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's one of the things that is said about him in verse 5. That Stephen was a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. He was a man that stood strong. He stood strong in his faith. And he was just telling the people about Jesus Christ. And he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. A man full of grace and power. And that seems so exceptional. Exceptional wow, to see a guy like that. But shouldn't we all be bold? Shouldn't we all be a bold witness? See, God gives us a spirit and he empowers us for that boldness. It's not our strength. If you look at uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. For God gives us a spirit not of fear. Not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. See, it comes from God. It's not our strength. If you are witnessing and you are sharing about Jesus Christ in your strength, you will fail. Because it's a spiritual work that is done through the power of God. Through God working through you. And that's what God was doing through... Suddenly um, um, his name left. is Stephen. <laughs> he is working through Stephen in this great way. Through the Holy Spirit. And there are the miracles that are happening. And Stephen is not afraid of the threats... You can say, well, yeah, but he was just so full of the Holy Spirit. But God gives the Holy Spirit to all, to every one of us who is a true believer. If we follow him in obedience, in fact, that's one of the things that Peter had said to the council back in chapter 5 when we were looking at it. When they're talking about Jesus Christ, Peter says, and we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. So, how do we get the Holy Spirit to follow Jesus Christ, to obey him? And He gives us the Holy Spirit to empower us to do His will, to do His witnessing, to do His work. Now, it's not just for work alone. It's also given as a seal or as a pledge to show that we are gods. But it is only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we can truly share the message of Jesus Christ in the way that it needs to be shared. And in the way that really touches hearts. Now it is true, God was using Stephen in a spectacular way. I mean, it is visible to people. Signs and wonders are happening and it is something that is very spectacular. But the scripture clearly teaches us that not everybody receives the same spiritual gifts. God has gifted you in a special way. God gifts each person in a special way. Yes, that means you. One of the things they do with evangelism training, and this is one of the phrases that you will hear me say over and over, only you are you. You are the only you there has ever been. You are the only you there will ever be. Nobody has ever existed with your genetic makeup. And nobody ever will. You are the only person with your fingerprints. You are your only person with your DNA. Well, that has been combined through history... You are the only you. And God gifts each person. So maybe you're not like Stephen where there's signs and wonders. Maybe you're just a lot more comfortable taking food to little old ladies. But no matter how God has gifted you, you should witness as God has created you to witness. Because what does a witness do? A witness tells from the experience. You have to see it. You have to know it. To be a witness for Jesus Christ, you have to know him first and foremost. You can tell other people about Jesus, but it's not a true witness until it's coming from the heart. It's like, this is what God has shown me. This is my experience. And when we share as a witness for Jesus Christ, it's like the Savior that changed me, who Jesus is. And there's something else in the Book of Acts. If you really read, you, we just we talk about the explosive movement and the work of the apostles. Do you know most of the work was done just through common people? not the twelve. It was actually done mostly through ordinary believers, especially when the persecution grew to where the, the, the believers had to leave. The apostles stayed in Jerusalem, and it was just everyday people that shared Jesus as they went out. The first church planted among Gentiles wasn't planted by the apostles. It was ordinary people fleeing persecution, telling people about Jesus. And they faced that persecution with boldness and with power through the Holy Spirit. Stephen. He stood as a witness, even though opposition was growing. The church was growing. There were so many people coming to Christ. Opposition grew right along with it. And didn't Jesus tell the disciples it's going to happen? Hasn't he warned us opposition is coming? Jesus told us so we would be prepared. We should all be prepared for opposition. We don't know if it's going to come in the form of persecution that's ultimately going to take our life, whether it's going to be physical beatings, whether it could be losing a job, or whether it could just be that guy on the street that absolutely doesn't want to let you share. Somehow, opposition's going to come. It will be there any time you take a stand for the truth of Jesus Christ, Opposition will come. Jesus warned the disciples that they he was sending them out like sheep among wolves. And we're the same way. We're the sheep among wolves. If you look at Matthew chapter 10 verse 16, see if I can find the right marker. Matthew 6, or excuse me, Matthew 10, verse 16. Jesus, when he's sending out the twelve, he makes a transition here and he says, Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Now, that's not just the twelve, because if you look at the context, what he goes on to talk about, he talks about being dragged in before governors and kings and the witness before the gentiles and delivered over for death it wasn't just in that one mission that he's warning them jesus was actually warning the church as a whole for all believers that you will face persecution. You're going to face opposition. You are like a lamb out in the middle of the wolves. He said, so be wise. Oh, what was it they said about Acts? um, About Stephen? They could not compete with his wisdom. He said, be wise as serpents, but gentle as doves. And so the wolves, wolves will come anytime there's lambs. Because lambs, uh, they're easy prey for wolves. You know, a lamb, it has no defensive weapon. It has no way to fight back. They're just these cute little fuzzy things, you know. I did not grow up where there's wolves. We grew up with coyotes, which is related. It looks a lot like a dog, you know, but one of the things the farmers would be talking said, "Oh, we we lost another calf to the coyotes." Our neighbor one time just like, "Oh, those coyotes they got another one of our calves." Because all the time you would see a pack of of coyotes would attack and they would kill the weakest and they would take down the little calf because there's not a whole lot a cow could do against a pack of coyotes. And Jesus said, that's the way you are in the world. I'm sending you out like that. You're going to appear defenseless and the wolves are going to come up against you. He said, you've got to be wise. And God was giving Stephen great wisdom. And the Holy Spirit was giving him the words to say. It says, they could not withstand the wisdom And the spirit with which he was speaking. Well, how do you withstand how someone's talking? You know, it was the debate that's going on. He's telling them about Jesus. He's telling them that the Old Testament law is teaching about Jesus. And and they're like, no, 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 it's this way, it's this way, Moses said this. And he said, yes, they said that, but it means this, it's talking about Jesus. And I don't know exactly how that conversation went. But they're debating him, he's telling them the truth, and they're like, no, it's not. And he's like, yes, it is, and they're like, no, it's not. How exactly that debate went on, I don't know. But God gave him the wisdom and the words to say at that time. God gives us wisdom to do His work. It's the same Holy Spirit. It's the same God. Gives us the wisdom to do His work. It is in the power of the Holy Spirit that we proclaimly or that we proclaimly that we proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ. It is in the power of the Holy Spirit, despite any circumstances, whether we face persecution like they did in China or whether it's like the believers in Somalia or whether it's like believers in Deberts and Hungary no matter what circumstance we live in we are to boldly proclaim now i should add here bold does not mean abrasive well, i have seen some of the the evangelism training it's like More like you're trying to beat Jesus into the people than really sharing love and compassion and gentleness. It's more you you try to beat them in debate. I'll tell you why, you can win the debate but lose the soul. It's about sharing with confidence, knowing that it's Jesus Christ that you're talking about. It's not your strength, it's His strength that we tell His truth. And don't back down from the truth. It doesn't mean that we have to be abrasive. The boldness is the confidence that we have in Jesus Christ. And these, the, the people debating Stephen could not compete. Because God's giving him the wisdom. God's giving him the words to say. And since they couldn't defeat him, they started in with false Accusations. Hey, if you can't beat them with the truth, tell a lie, right? I mean, that's, that, that, that's what Satan does. It's what he does with us. He's called the accuser of the brethren. Satan does it against us. His people does it against us. Those he controls will accuse us falsely. And they did it in secret. They secretly instigated men who would say, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. You know, the message of the early church, that message was Christ is the fulfillment, not a change of the law, but a fulfillment of the law, a completion of it. This is what God was teaching about. It wasn't a change, it was getting back to the truth. And so they came out with these false accusations. And then in verse 12, and they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes, and they came upon him and seized him and brought him before the council. And look what they did. First, they work up the crowd. They stirred up the people. They get the crowd against him. They're going through the people. Hey, man, have you heard what Stephen's saying? Man, this guy, he's trying to do this. He's... He's uh, talking about how God's going to change this. He's teaching against Moses. And they're like, really? The rumor mill, it goes everywhere. Hey, man, do you hear? Pretty soon there's the next little group. And it, it just spreads. They stir up the crowd. They're instigating problems against it. And they bring it before the elders, which is the leaders. So they come up to against the, the, the leaders and say, hey, leaders, have you heard? we got to do something about this. And then they go, and the scribes, and the scribes, they really represent the, the academia of the, the, that time. They were the ones that actually made the copies of the Old Testament law. They did it word by word. I mean, that's how they copied it, by hand. And so they were really tied closely to the lawyers. And so they're getting, oh, let's get our intellectuals against them too. Man, don't we see that same thing in the world today? (laughs) Try to get the crowds against true believers. Let's get the leaders to do something about it. Let's get them to stop this. Let's get our intelligent people against it. Let's get our schools and our universities against Christianity. Satan doesn't have anything new. He just recycles the same old lies, the same (laughs) old thing, over and over. What we see in the world today, it's the same thing he did back then. It's false. And he stirred up false accusations, and they brought false witnesses. And exactly how the false was, I don't know, they made this accusation against him. This man never ceases to speak against this holy place. So I'm assuming they're in the temple. Well, they could have been meaning Jerusalem, but I think they're in one of the the courtyards of the temple against this holy place and against the law. For we have heard him speak, or say, that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs that Moses delivered to us. And whether these guys had not actually heard it, or whether Ishtvan, Ishtvan, Stephen, (laughs) I still have a hard time not going into Hungarian, folks, I really do, but... uh, weird trying to get back used to preaching in your mother tongue again it it's difficult but Stephen it somehow it was something false it was against it wasn't the truth of what he was saying or it could have been people that had never actually been there we don't know we know that these guys are lying and so they're lying against it but look at the accusation that they brought against Stephen And then look at what the accusation was against Jesus Christ. If you look in Mark, Mark chapter 14. Mark 14 and verse 57. This is Jesus' trial. Mark 14, 57. And some stood up and bore false witness against him, saying... We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and in three days I will, build, I will build another not made with hands. Even about this, their testimony did not agree. So it's the same accusation. It's false. They brought in false witnesses to stand against Jesus Christ and you look at it in the in Acts chapter 16 or chapter 6 in the verses 13 and 14 it's almost the exact same accusation this man never ceases to speak words against this holy place and the law for we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs that Moses delivered to us It's the same accusation. The same falsehoods. Jesus faced it. The early church faced it. And we will also face opposition and accusation when we stand for Christ. We may not face it from everyone. But if you really want to live for Jesus you will face opposition. You will face times where it's going to be hard to stand up for what you believe. And just as in the way God gave Stephen those words, in that moment, God gave Stephen a very special empowerment I mean, this, it even looked on, it, you could see it on his face. But when we're in God's will and we're walking with God, when we face the opposition, God will give us the same power to stand. That we too can have the words to say. God gives us the power we need to boldly stand in the face of opposition. And we need to stand. We need to stand. We need to stand up for the truth. We need to proclaim Jesus Christ. One of the repeated messages through these opening chapters of Acts has been, there's salvation nowhere else. There is no other place for salvation People can look for hope in the government, they can look in the political systems, they can look in education, they can look everywhere else, but there's no real hope outside of Jesus Christ, and the world needs to hear that, the world needs to know that. We need to boldly stand and proclaim his truth. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. And for those who know me. You're thinking that's the shortest message he's ever preached. (laughs) Because there was just one main point. That I wanted to get across. Is that we all need to be. A bold and powerful witness. Bold through the Holy Spirit, powerful through the Holy Spirit. Because there's hope nowhere else but in Jesus Christ alone. And the world needs to hear that message.